Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 150. Well, guys, welcome back. Uh, we had our little nerd party this past week, and uh, Apple gave us all the shinies. Did you guys see anything that you wanted? The shinies were kind of underwhelming. Uh, they were colorful. Yeah. I, I got. I ordered my gigantic phone, and I'm picking it up on Friday. So I also ordered a, a watch. I'm looking forward to the Series 4 watch. I'm on a Series 2 right now, so I think it'll be a nice upgrade. Yeah, I, I did a watch upgrade, too. The bigger screen might be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going from the two to four, I'll appreciate it plenty. I'm One. starting to, uh, I'm starting to settle into this uh, cycle where maybe I upgrade my watch and my iPad one year and do the phone the next year. Not really sure just yet. It's starting to work out that way. Another year and you'll have the AR glasses you got to worry about upgrading, Sam. So <laughs> I barely wear sunglasses, but then then again, you know, I, when the watch was coming out, I said I'd never wear a watch. So, that, they kind of broke me on that one. My wife loves to make fun of me for it too. So, Alex, did you get you got a watch? You said you actually have like you can your business can buy the watch because you have a legitimate like yeah, business I, reason. <laughs> yeah, we actually have worked on a, on a few watch apps. Um, so I I was kind of excited to see the new screen and see. With the new complications on the bigger screen, it can do a bit more. So one of our clients, it actually would make sense to for them to have a complication for some of the information they have. So that was my my main motivation for getting a new watch is more for testing than anything else. So have you, you guys? Go ahead. Did you reach out to that client, or did that client watch the keynote and say, "Hey, Alex"? Well, we've had like some real lightweight integration with the watch, mostly through HealthKit. Um, and, you know, they kind of promote the use of the watch because of uh, it's a health and wellness related app and they work with corporations. Uh, so using the watch for managing and monitoring your health is a big part of, of their program. So, um, you know, I, I brought it to their attention that we might want to add a complication, and they seemed excited about that. Okay. Did did either of you participate in that Apple Heart study? Just getting a little off topic, but yeah, I was in the at the Heart study on my uh, Series Two watch, and then a couple weeks before the keynote, I think pretty much everyone got this notification that said the trial is over. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, is it done? Huh. Then Apple was like, we're doing amazing hard things. Get the new watch. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. So one of the things that we were hoping for was uh, blood glucose monitoring, non-invasive uh, way of kind of managing or monitoring type 2 diabetes. And I, there's been rumors for a while that, that Apple has been working on that. Uh, I'm not surprised it didn't come out, but... Um, the ECG is kind of a first step, you know, that's, they're the first to go through that new FDA program where you don't really have to 
um, give away all your secrets to develop a, a new device or instrument. Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems really cool. The American Health Association guys seem pretty pumped about things. Uh, but they've been, yeah, they've been rumored to be doing that glucose monitor and like a even like a blood pressure thing, which how that would work, who knows? Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's been sounds like they're working on a bunch of other stuff. It'll be kind well, of but, cool if that any of that other stuff ever ships. Yeah. Well, with you know between heart disease and type two diabetes, you know those are big contributors to um, health and and death in the U.S. So um, it, it definitely would be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've got family members who who deal with AFib right now, so. They're definitely getting the new watch, and it runs in my family, so I might as well find out if I ever develop that condition as well. You know, you don't have a problem until you know you have a problem, Argo. <laughs> <laughs> there there have been some news articles that are like, okay, uh, the doctors are worried there's going to be more stress on people because they know they're being monitored for this stuff now and, like, unnecessary doctor visits because of it. But I think this will be a pretty good thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does raise awareness and then it also raises the amount of false positives. You're right. I was, to be clear, I was definitely being tongue in cheek there, but only in your case. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am expecting the, uh, the fall alert <laughs> to do a lot of, uh, false 911 calls, but. Oh. It's an interesting idea. We actually work with a, a client that does some something similar for uh, cyclists and runners, and uh, you know, it's not that uncommon for like a hit and run with a cyclist. That's why I stay on the bike trails. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think the fall alert uh, would work in that scenario. But although yeah, maybe next version. For the intended use case, though, I mean, like, I don't know if you have any relatives or anything like that that you've uh, got that have, like, a sim a similar, like, monitor to that they, like, wear, and they can hold down a button to get help if they need it or whatever. But those those aren't cheap and have, you know, expensive monthly contracts. So I could see that saving a bunch of elderly people some money just grabbing themselves an Apple Watch. Although... I'll tell you, I feel like my eyes are getting a little bad as far as, as I approach my mid-40s. Like, sometimes the watch screen is a little hard to look at unless I'm holding my hand away. So I can't imagine how this is, how that little screen will work out for uh, somebody who's got very thick glasses or you know, can't correct their vision very far. So speaking of bad eyesight, Sam, are you, is your eyesight bad enough that you're you're thinking your next iPhone might be a... A 10R? <laughs> nope. No, it's it's really not that bad. It's just close-up things are a little blurry these days. But no, um, you know, I I feel like I'm like I've uh, fallen for the Apple trick. Like, if you don't have a whole lot of great things about a device, at least make it come in different colors, right? <laughs> <laughs> we saw this with the 5C. We saw this with the iPod Touch. You know, every time that they just have kind of a okay product, it's like, what else can we do? We'll add colors. 
I but, mean, it seems like a like the ten R. If like I wasn't crazy and buying the the gigantic phone, seems like it would be a really good phone for people. It is the gigantic phone, right? It's the same size as the the Max. It's yeah. not. No, it's so. This is a interesting thing that I was noticing when I was. So they came out with a bunch of videos, kind of like they do whenever they introduce introduce new hardware that developers have to do stuff for. Uh, but so like they have videos for all the new watch complications and stuff like that. But then they have a designing for the 10s, 10s Max and 10R. Man, that stuff is a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it's it's the same number of points as the 10s Max, the 10R is, and it has the same like uh, functionality where like when you tilt it into landscape mode, you get the kind of like the split view in certain apps in the same size classes and stuff. Same points, but it's 2x instead of 3x. Um, and it's physically, you know, in between the 10s and the 10s Max in size. So it's kind of like the iPad mini where they have a device with like the exact same, uh, you know, virtual points, but actually like smaller touch targets and stuff, as far as I can tell, for for the device. So as a developer, that's something to take, keep in mind if you're if you're developing stuff that the the 10R has smaller elements on it slightly than the other phones do, which is kind of weird. So the screen dimensions themselves are different. I know like the screens themselves, like the PPI, the pixels per inch and everything are different and that the max is way better. But it's but... the same number of points. So like a nav bar on the uh, 10s Max is going to be the same number of point size on the 10R, but the 10R screen is smaller, so the nav bar will be slightly smaller on the 10R than the 10s Max. Okay. Kind of like an iPad and an iPad Mini. They both have the same number of points on the screen, but an iPad Mini is like shrunken down version of what's on the iPad. Okay, I see. I'm, I found a picture where they're all three side by side. And yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so Something to keep in mind. <laughs> well, well, yeah. And I think that if you get this for your your mom or somebody who's older, has their eyesight. Then you bump up diminished. the font size anyways, and it's fine. No big deal. <laughs> well, they're going to do that. And then if your designs aren't taking into account and they're not using dynamic type, then more and more users are going to have your app just not look good. So make sure everyone is doing dynamic type. <laughs> I right. say that, but we don't do it because we're game. <laughs> yeah. It, if you're not doing it, I mean, it's easy not to do it in every place. It's, you really have to make a conscious decision to put that in everywhere and to actually test <laughs> with it. Yeah. I've I've seen users with like SE sized phones and they have that font. Oh yeah, all the way up as high as it'll top. go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even Just Apple that. stuff <laughs> doesn't look good at that size. But I, I think the 10R won't look horrible with everything bumped up. It'll probably actually be a good experience because uh, people who you know bump up their their font size a bunch. Maybe they don't use all these custom apps. Maybe they're more likely to use, you know, the apps that come on your phone that that have better support for that stuff. Hopefully, 
But if you have an app, make sure that you're kind of a good citizen as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's our target audience, right? We're not marketing this podcast to the people that make the built-in apps, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy for the people who work at Apple to listen to the podcast and make sure their apps all have <laughs> dynamic tech support. That's right. That'll be in the, the keynote next year. Yeah, we listened to this shared instance episode, and so this app and this app and this app now have full dynamic tech support. <laughs> the Stocks yeah. app looks even better <laughs> at great-grandpa-sized fonts. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice they made, though, with the, the 10R and it's... You would have thought, oh, you, you would keep the points kind of the same as everywhere else, but no. It's a little, a little different. Yeah, I thought that, I would have thought that it would have had the same screen resolution, or at least same screen size as the XS. And you mean the tennis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so easy just to say XS. Like, it's excessive. Yeah, clearly, whoever named these was drunk. <laughs> or, well, I guess or, California, so yeah, it could be a variety of other things. But They're using a little too much High Sierra. Yeah. Uh, so, did you guys uh, see anything missing that you were looking forward to? I think we're expecting another event next month. Hopefully to add some of additional items such as the updates to the iPad. I don't know. It sounds like we're not going to see that air power mat this year at this point, uh, which probably means we're not going to see updates to the AirPods. Which is interesting because the keynote video, they had the updated AirPods because I think the uh, they, they, they said, hey, whatever that word is, I don't want to say to activate everyone's devices as they're listening to this, uh, in the keynote to the, to the AirPods. So it seems like that's been a, that was a late drop from this event. They removed it from the website and everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bummed about that. Cause I remember last year saying, Oh, I'm not buying anything. Although that, that air power mat looks really enticing. Like if I could just drop all my devices on there, I would be super happy. So, Stuck with the watch. I was waiting for the air power mat, but I'm surprised that the new features of the watch got to me before an air power mat. I'm really surprised about that, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, seems like that might not even happen. So we'll we'll see. It would be odd. I mean, it's not odd for them to announce something before it's quite ready. Yeah, things like HomePod come to come to mind, but they've been doing it a lot the last couple of years for sure. Yes. Now, Tim did hint earlier this year that they were going to release some new products that we hadn't even imagined yet. Uh, I thought that was for this year, but no idea what that is. It's the modular Mac Pro. The new Mac Mini. No one ever <laughs> thought they would update that thing again. Well, yeah, that yeah. That, that, that one would be a surprise. Uh, we've... I don't think we'll see AR glasses. I think still 2020 is probably the not not just because they need a couple more years to work on it, but 2020 like that just seems like you has to be the date or year that you release AR glasses. I would buy them then. 
<laughs> is this like I'll a bu- perfect vision joke or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, looking back, yes. All right, enough with the dad jokes. <laughs> um, quick PSA. I suppose maybe if you're if we get this episode edited and out the door quickly, and you're really quick in listening to it, you might have a chance to upgrade your iOS devices to the last 11.4.1 release, your test devices, that is. Uh, not, sorry, better luck next year. But yeah, that was uh, kind of making the rounds of Slack today. People are like, oh yeah, you need to do your last upgrades, or otherwise you have to go to 12. And this may be an oldie, uh, but a goodie, you guys. But uh, as as it just came out today, I just want to let everyone know a new iOS update is now available. Please update from the iOS 12 beta. So I can repeat that a couple more times during the podcast if you want. Uh, you mean they have a new 12 beta already? No, that's that that was that bug from uh, like two weeks ago. Oh. That, that stupid <laughs> message would pop up all the time. It's actually it's actually like true now. So a new iOS update is now available. Please update from the, the <laughs> iOS 12 beta. Just FYI, All iOS right. 12's out. Everyone's happy. iOS 11 is garbage now. I'm a little slow tonight, I guess. Well, it could have just been a bad joke too. So <laughs> that's a, that's always a very likely possibility. I'll go with me being slow. <laughs> All right, so one thing we do like to do besides talk about all the devices that we were going to get or don't want to get is that now that iOS 12 is out, those of us that always have to only use last year's features because we have lots of clients or whatever that need to support older versions of the OS, uh, like the N-1 policy. Uh, So now we can talk about all the cool stuff that you can use in iOS 11. And we can probably run through this list pretty quick because there really wasn't a whole lot of new things that you couldn't uh, conditionally include announced in uh, 2017. Yeah, I mean, usually you get things like uh, collection views or or like stack views, and then you have all these open source projects, CocoaPods things, mimicking that functionality on current versions of OSs. Um, to a greater or lesser degree of success. Um, some of those collection view ones were pretty rough, but the stack view ones were okay. Um, but there wasn't anything like that this year. Not that I saw. Or last yeah. year, rather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's run through the quick of the highlight, quickly through the highlights from 2017. Uh, so Apple introduced rich notifications. So embedding video or a view controller into a notification became an option as well as replacing a notification. Uh, this year they introduced the group notifications. It seems like the notifications every year get richer and richer. Okay. How how far off is it that we're going to be able to just like have a little mini app in a notification? Well, you kind of get that with the, the extensions in various places too, with like the today extension. Um, yeah. The with, with the eleven, that's when they introduced the new framework for notifications. So replacing the old, the old style. Right. Um, the unified notification style or API, which generally feels a little bit cleaner, except. Uh, 
the one kind of weird thing to me was local notifications still needed uh, the user to opt in. Um, from a user perspective, I think I'm okay with that. Well, that's not the case anymore. In iOS 12, you don't need to <laughs> opt in, so. Oh, great. <laughs> you didn't know about that? <laughs> I guess I was falling asleep during that part of the keynote. They have they have like a mode where you can essentially send notifications without prompting, but they they're like a lower priority class of notifications, so they they won't necessarily bug people as much, but they'll show up in notification center. It's kind of weird. So another thing they announced that um, probably only affects a a small percentage of developers out there was. Uh, PDF kit, which was on the Mac previously, is now, or as of iOS 11, is available on the iPhone. So if you're loading some advanced PDF uh, manipulation apps, uh, you've got access to that now. And uh, one of the topics that kind of dominated WWDC in 2017 was drag and drop. And that's you know, for the most part, that's that's focused on the iPad, and there's a little bit of that on iOS uh, with like table view cell, uh, drag and drop. Yeah, that would be inside the same app, but yeah, most of the I think this drag and drop API was more for iPads and going between different apps, it's like when you're in multitasking mode. Yeah, and and. If you're using like standard controls, uh, you get a lot of that behavior for free. But you know, there's still if you want to do something more or have some custom drag and drop behavior, that's a very flexible uh, programming model. Yeah, it most works off of the different uh, file types that your app can handle. Where you set those up in the, the Xcode project. Um, it was surprisingly easy to do for like creating a drag and drop with a, a text label. Uh, I played around with that a little bit. I think it was maybe like five lines of code. Yeah, I think probably more often than not, I accidentally start dragging something on my <laughs> iPad. Um, more in like that. <laughs> <laughs> so more uh, in Safari though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Safari is probably the one where those accidental drags happen more often. Yeah, because you're sitting there, kind of doing the long press, maybe to open up a link in a new tab, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, you want to drag this somewhere?" No, Safari. I don't. Just open it, please. And there's like this whole kind of uh, finger yoga that you have to do. Like, if you want to track <laughs> multiple things into a different <laughs> app. <laughs> You've got to, it takes a little bit of court effort and coordination. I don't think I've been terribly successful in the multi drag and drop uh, attempts that I've made. Sounds like you just need to practice your finger yoga some more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, probably the topic that, that stole the show or at least got a lot of attention was. AR kit and that's been updated, you know, since 2017. Uh, so that continues to evolve. Um, 1.5 was released, I think, earlier this year. 
that that added more capabilities and then two oh with iOS twelve. But if Still, you're I was, I was gonna say if you're an AR kit specific app, then I mean you you can just use iOS twelve. You don't need to use the old iOS eleven AR kit stuff. And Yeah. And if you're not, then you probably just want to use the new stuff and conditionally call out to it or whatever. So even though we got ARKit 1 slash 1.5 last year, there's probably not much reason to, to use that right now. I, or I don't even know if you can. Can you even link it against it? Probably not. No, I don't. I, yeah, you'd have to go to like an old Xcode to do something specific for that. So, yeah. Continue, Alex. <laughs> so, I'm sure we'll see that continue to evolve, especially... Uh, as we approach the uh, AR glasses, uh, Core ML and natural language processing, as well as vision, uh, those were uh, definitely popular topics and things they touched on again this year. Um, personally, I haven't had an opportunity to work with any of those in any depth, but I worked with the vision framework a bit enough to realize that what you see in the demos is only half of the equation. So I was using it for text recognition, uh, also with barcodes, but the barcode stuff works great. Uh, the, the text recognition though, it's exactly what it says and nothing more. It is only text recognition. So it'll tell you there's a letter there and what the, the, uh, rect around that letter is or even a whole word, it'll tell you the word boundaries. And then you have to go and feed that into something else, some other model, CORML model that you've trained to actually figure out that this block that it's given you is like the letter A or B or whatever. Uh, so that was uh, a very frustrating experience. I, was, I probably spent you know, 20 minutes Googling around, how do I turn these vision rectangles into actual text. <laughs> and all I could find were some convoluted examples that would say like feed that into Tesseract or um, all kinds of stuff or some other uh, models that really didn't work very well. It was, it was a frustrating experience. And I will say that um, Google, when they announced their, uh, what was it called? They had AR Core, and uh, ML kit, their ML kit thing, which is really kind of tied into Firebase, but that stuff that does the whole uh, equation there, text recognition, as well as or text text detection and text recognition. And so, yeah, the big difference there is that they're doing it server side with that, and they do have their no. ML kit light or TensorFlow light. Yeah. Well, that is client side, but it's a little more limited. Yeah, you can't recognize recognize like all text right off the bat, but no, it is. Uh, I had a very functional app that was only using uh, device side recognition, so, um, right. and and it goes back to iOS eight. <laughs> so, I, unfortunately, score one for Google on that one, but. Take away well, they, a point because it's Firebase too. Well, they also don't have the same uh, same constraints that Apple has placed on themselves uh, by 
trying to protect the privacy of the, of the user. Well, so Apple yeah. goes out of their way to to make. I forget what they call it, but basically it's kind of the double double swab, um, double shuffle of of the content. So it's very difficult for anything to to gleam any useful information out of it. Um, but that's that's if you use the server side stuff, which you yeah. have the option of doing, but it's a whole completely different programming path. So if yeah. you want to do it using Google's vision stuff, you instantiate one set of classes for client side and you instantiate another set of classes for server side. And I mean, there is yet yeah, maybe the threat that Google is sending up your text somewhere. But I, I didn't, uh, do any kind of detection for that on my side. Yeah, you know, I'm not so much, it's not so much about the conspiracy theory of Google stealing your data as Apple um, kind of has a few more hoops they make themselves jump through than some of the others. Um, but I do think CoreML and Vision and, and natural language processing, and then, you know, you even tie that into kind of the facial tracking and, and such, those are going to become pretty commonplace or, or almost an expectation building apps that are smarter. It's why we're going to need that 512 gigabyte phone. Yeah. And everybody's going to have to learn Python. So it's not such a bad thing. Python's <laughs> all right. Yeah. Apple's CreateML makes it look super simple to create a model without Python, but I'm sure there's limitations there. So yeah. kind of moving on from all the ML and such, uh, one of the things that we got excited about in 2017 was Core NFC, uh, where we finally got access to the NFC reader on the phone and then quickly realized it only works when the app is open. <laughs> so it didn't really pan out to be as useful as we were hoping. Um, but that actually changed in with the new hardware that is uh, shipping later this week. So you actually be able to uh, wake applications up um, with the core NFC reader. That I didn't one know kinda, that was a thing. Huh. That's cool. That one kind of passed me by last year because I only had a 6S and that didn't allow you to access the NFC in there. So I yeah. yeah, you had to off. have Touch ID, you know, it kind of played into the Apple Pay hardware. Well, 6S has that too, but you know, I think it was like a 7 enough feature hmm. okay uh, again like as soon as we realized you couldn't use it when the app was asleep or backgrounded um kind of quickly wrote it off as not re not ready yet and not that we're yeah. trying to build a you know mobile payment solution with nfc but like think about like all the hotels that let you unlock the door with your phone um, right now it's using low energy bluetooth Bluetooth LE, and that has some serious limitations. Yeah, and potential issues, I guess, since 
Bluetooth has a much wider broadcasting range than an NFC chip. Yeah, and the NFC chip doesn't need a battery on the on the um, actual RFID side. Yeah. So it's and, and you know we've had some clients that have tried to use the Bluetooth LE for locks and you know actual hardware manufacturers and they run into Bluetooth issues because Bluetooth always seems to have issues. It always seems to be like one of those things that seems like a good solution. And then when it meets the real world, it kind of falls apart. Like beacons, for example, when they announced those a few years ago, I was working for a, uh, large retailer. I was like, Oh, we're going to be able to put these in the stores and we'll have three of them and triangulate people's positions throughout the store and be able to present stuff to their phone, whatever. And then we found out just how rough it actually is. Even when you have multiple beacons that your phone is talking to. Yeah. Yeah. And those signals bounce all over the place, but are, you know, depending on the beacon, it, different signal strengths yeah they don't travel through bodies very well yeah. it might look like the thing is further away if you just turn your body to be between the phone and the, the bluetooth beacon yep yeah so it's uh yeah so i'm excited that core nfc might become more usable with the newer hardware so uh we also we're introduced to true depth uh, in, you know, with the camera uh, in 2017. I know a, a few of our colleagues have shipped apps taking advantage of that. So you can kind of build your own uh, portrait blur feature uh, and, and do some interesting things with it. And I imagine that was improved even more in iOS 12. Uh, I personally haven't worked with it. I don't, I haven't worked on too many photo or camera related apps. I'm, I'm pretty sure that with the, uh, the new portrait feature on, uh, iOS 10s and 10s Max that all the third party apps can already do that feature. So it's <laughs> kind of funny that they decided to, they, they were like, we need to have some software feature we can demo during the announcement show is a thing that only these yeah. phones can do but yep that api has been around and you can you can do it back to iphone 7 plus i think all the plus phones and then are all the the tens so anyone with a dual camera right yeah well and the 10r because magic i guess <laughs> or ai like yeah like the pixel phone uses yeah yeah i guess people say google's pics or uh Portrait photos look almost as good, if not better, a lot of times than the Apple ones. So, yeah, I guess they're doing Apple's software is caught up to what Google's doing there. So maybe even who knows? I wonder if some of the portrait people can do this with like older phones, too. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. So the last thing on our list from 2017, and I'm sure there's other things that we miss, but uh they announced Music Kit, so you can use their API to to build 
music related apps now this is something that i had wanted to kind of play around with but never had the time uh in large part because i'm not like super thrilled about the user experience of the apple music app i always find it hard to find the music that i'm looking for but yeah, maybe that's just me not knowing how to use it, but I don't know how far you can take the music kit uh, framework and whether you can build a full featured uh, music player, but I haven't really heard too much about that since uh, at the 2017 uh, event. I mean, I, there's there's some apps that are music focused that I have that use it. Uh, specifically ones related to like lyrics or um, just like there's some that are replacements for the Apple Music app. So specifically, the theory, you could make your own, you know, Apple Music music app replacement. I think the one that I have is called like CZM or something like that. Uh, and it pretty much replaces the Apple Music app. It has some issues, though. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this thing is there for sure. I think there's a JavaScript uh, client for that as well. For for like for running in a web page, I think so. I could have I could be wrong about that. I mean, you you lost me. At, I think there's a JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, part of me wonders why like uh, some car manufacturers haven't taken advantage of that, but. Yeah, no, it's it's a little bit of a, of a niche um, framework. And by some car manufacturers, you mean your car manufacturer, right? <laughs> yes, perhaps. So the one that chose not to do Android Auto or CarPlay. Yep. Well, we'll hopefully get something nice in ten years or something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super hopeful for an improved media player experience. Uh, anyways, yeah. So um, that's kind of all we had. Uh, kind of our n minus one follow up. Again, it's uh, a lot of these things you could probably conditionally include anyway, or target specific versions. Um, it's not like. Uh, improvements to existing uh, UI kit functionality that you couldn't use until now. Uh, with Swift being open source, uh, you could, and being compile time, it was fairly easy to take advantage of new language features. So uh, not, not, as, uh, not as exciting this year in terms of finally getting to take advantage of things, but um, it's always good to kind of Go back and and look now that iOS 11 is currently the the dominant platform by far or OS. Yeah. So one last topic uh, for this episode. One uh, last thing. It's one, one last, last thing. thing. Uh, yeah, we hit episode 150 with this episode, uh, and we've been going for probably a good three years now. Um, Averaging an episode per week. Well, uh, in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, the last uh, this year we have had slightly bigger gaps in between episodes. Um, but yeah, so uh, at you know 
We're planning on taking a little bit of a hiatus. I'm not quite sure when we're going to be back. Uh, we've got a super secret project we're going to be working on. and uh, <laughs> Super busy on all that stuff, especially super Alex. Super busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the gaps are related to a lot of things going on in our personal lives, and things are just heating up and getting busier. And so it's, it's been difficult sometimes to get the episodes out, even every other week. And yeah, it sounds like I've been missing out on the finger yoga. I got some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you so, could market that as like a guitar playing app. <laughs> Learn to play better guitar with finger yoga and guru Alex Robinson. <laughs> I feel like it's like a Vulcan thing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, kind of back to the podcast. Uh, you know, we've never really had any significant sponsorship. Mostly uh, the little bit of sponsorship we had was either an event or... Um, you know, buddy build back in the day. Uh, mostly this has been, you know, for our own selfish uh, purposes to, you know, we love talking about this stuff. Uh, we were doing it anyway, so we thought we'd put some mics in front of us while we did it and, and share the conversation. Uh, never really did this for, for the money, so everything's been kind of out of our own pockets, our own time. Uh, Sam and Alex have done pretty much 100% of the audio editing, for better or worse. <laughs> Probably worse so, on the weeks that I do it. <laughs> oh. Got to learn a lot. Probably not enough, but uh, have met some great folks over the years through the podcast. Yeah. And uh, definitely thank everybody for uh giving us a chance and, and listening and uh hopefully we'll be back uh, i know podcasts tend to fade and go away uh three years is is not bad who knows though, when the ar one. kit yeah when the ar kit thing comes out though or the ar glasses will be be back in action maybe you never know yeah yeah <laughs> we'll be back when it's in augmented reality i will say that i think when we first started this podcast out and I sat down in front of the microphone but the thing. It didn't terrify me, but I was a lot quieter in front of that microphone for quite a few episodes. I think it, it took alcohol and whiskey to kind of pull it out of me. And, uh, these days it's pretty natural. So I, I do feel like I've grown a lot as far as being able to perform and talk. Uh, Pretend nobody's listening. <laughs> So you're saying oh, yeah. the podcast is why you're such a big mouth now? <laughs> yeah, it ruined me. <laughs> no, he was so, so quiet now, but... and, and uh, humble before. Yeah, now, he's... Now. <laughs> now he's such a jerk. Won't ever shut up. Yeah, definitely learned a lot doing this. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you can figure out that, or at least I will hope you'll say that I learned a lot in audio editing. Maybe at least a little bit. I did learn about what a term called luffs. So L U F S. That was something totally new to me before podcasting. I still don't know what that is, so <laughs> it's only in the editing app that Sam uses, so it's magic. Yeah. Argo, you got any final parting 
thoughts on the podcast? I don't know. No one told me to prepare any any words. We may be back, so I think we're probably just going to leave the Slack open uh, because we we like to hang out with people there, and Slack's not going to shut it down, so <laughs> it'll be around. Uh, yeah, not until they get acquired by Microsoft or something. Yeah. I mean, it would be the best time to acquire Slack. It does make a lot of sense for Microsoft to do it, but that's... That'll be for our next episode. Yeah. And definitely, you know, if you want to stay in contact, uh, Slack is probably the best option. Uh, you know, even though we talk about Twitter, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you probably notice there's not a whole lot of activity there, at least for me. I am a lurker. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter's been kind of weird lately anyway. So yeah, we like Slack. Uh, there's only one troll on there, and uh, <laughs> he hasn't been uh, trolling as much lately. So We put him under the bridge. All right. All right. Well, with that, Alex, do you want to take us out one last time? Yeah, I'll do, <laughs> do one more PSA, totally unrelated to technology. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's, uh, you know, we've got midterm elections coming up in in a little less than two months now. It's still not too late to register the vote if you haven't. Uh, definitely encourage everyone to actively participate in our democracy and, um, you know, let your voice be heard and, and uh, do your research, learn about the issues, not just uh, the the main event and, you know, Get involved. To be clear, he's only talking about if you're a U.S. citizen. Yes, that is <laughs> well, true. If you I mean, if you can vote anywhere else, you yes. should probably vote in whatever elections that you may have available to you. It's... Definitely, just don't vote in ours. <laughs> but and the the U.S. needs a little more encouragement, perhaps, to participate, <laughs> especially in midterms. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, you can still find us on Twitter, but uh, definitely encourage you to check us out on Slack. And uh, you can sign up at chat.sharedinstance.com and stay in touch and uh, continue the conversation about uh, iOS, Swift, and uh, the Apple ecosystem. Happy coding. Until next time. <laughs>